probably will be the biggest ever AIDS life cycle ride. Uh, okay, and wait, it's okay. Sorry, you said like how many? 15,000? Uh, yeah, they're anticipating having about 15,000 people uh, wow. uh, registered by the time it's all said and done. I think they're at their about 12,000 mark right now, but uh, you know, they, I might be able to get one of the... Uh, <clears throat> um, one of the people from the AIDS Life Cycle ride to uh, maybe uh, give us a little bit more information on like next week's show or something. Uh, yeah, or, or if you can call them when we get off, maybe they're, they're free. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to, to doing the ride because it's, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to me it uh, doesn't sound very difficult to uh, <clears throat> ride a little over 100 miles a day <clears throat> because it's going from San Francisco to LA and well, it's... Uh, say it's mostly downhill uh which of course isn't completely true but uh you know it's a bit more downhill it's an easier ride than going from la to san francisco what, what, uh and uh, it's a fully supported ride so they'll be carrying you know my gear and any of my you know provisions uh so sounds like a uh you know sounds like all you got to do is wake up and ride so well so yeah, so you, you is there a minimum that you need to get to to ride do, in donations? I need to I need to personally uh raise about $3,000 um in donation money for myself. And if anybody uh would care to, you can go to the AIDS Life Cycle uh website. Um you can find me by, you know, looking me up under TJ Flexer or you can look it up uh under the juice uh because I think that uh, they signed me up as the team captain for uh, the Juice Racing Team, which again is our, you know, the shop's, uh, you know, uh, the shop's team. But uh, so far, I got a couple people that uh, have said they're gonna, you know, sign up uh, under the Juice Team. And um, you know, once uh, once more names are added to that list, you'll be able to see, uh, you know, donate to me or donate to, you know any of the other people that are on my team and uh, like I said I'm hoping a, a few people from my staff and it's not limited to my staff uh, anybody that wants to sign up and do the ride I have the sign up sheets at the shop um, and uh, if you sign up uh, as a member of my team it makes it a little bit easier to raise the funds for yourself personally um, why, why is know, that easier uh, well, because uh, the website uh, where the sponsorship dollars are uh, funneled into um, will have a page dedicated to the Juice team. Oh. And let's say I get to my $3,000 quota, I can't turn it off and funnel the uh, you know additional donations to other people's names. But you kind of have like a blog format that allows you to uh, say, hey, guys, thank you for the support. I've reached my quota. Instead of donating to me, please donate to another member of my team, you know, and I could even say specifically, you know, uh, please help this person out. And you'll see all of the names under the team on that one site. Mm -hmm. So, okay. um, you know. So team Juice at the, it's at the Life Cycle. What's the website? Well, you know, um, I'm not in front of a computer right now, oh, but okay. uh, if you do a search for ALC, which is, I guess, the acronym for AIDS Life Cycle, um it should uh it's fairly intuitive that you can uh you can find it uh there you know to uh once you get to the website you know look around for orange 20 bikes or the juice um hopefully they got the name right well, they kept calling it the juicers okay. which is kind of funny but uh 
the juice. <laughs> yeah. It's it's AIDSLifeCycle.org. Uh, yeah, sounds right. Yeah, it is a dot org. And so, is your shop going to be closed? Oh no, no, it's, that's not an option. <laughs> All right. And and what do you do to prepare for this? What what kind of what kind of things do we need to know for people who want to try this? Um, it seems like a great thing for people to open themselves up and talk to all their Facebook friends and their real friends about, you know, something they they think is important. And oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, generally, uh, I think uh, over the last few years of the AIDS life cycle, they've managed to raise uh, well over um, uh, one or two million dollars uh, per event, uh, which goes to um, you know some rather good causes. Uh, you know, searches for the uh, the the cure and other medical research as well as uh community outreach programs like the gay and lesbian center um but um you know it's uh it's a really good ride it's like out of the scope of rides that happen internationally there's um you know there, there's few rides that uh can compete with the uh the numbers or you know the 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 cause that's uh you know having money raised for and uh you know people know about this ride all over the world and uh almost anybody that you you know know either has or knows somebody that has done the ride over the last 10 years you know if you start asking around especially in the LA to San Francisco area but uh you know other people I'm sure come from uh you know all over the world to participate so and what, uh it's a good one what's the route uh, you know, um, I think that they might have more details on the website. I have personally never had the opportunity to travel via bicycle from San Francisco to L.A. Um, I know they go through uh, quite a few uh, small towns, um, but, you know, at this point they've got it, uh, you know, fairly well organized. It's a, it's a spectacle. It's, uh, it's referred to as a party uh, on lots of wheels, um, and, uh, you know, there's a... Uh, camping every night uh they basically set up like a tent city as far as you can see uh they have full support vehicles rehydration stations um you know there's always some uh kitschy themes as you can imagine uh at the various uh rest stops per day uh lots of costumes uh a lot of flamboyance and uh you know good times so um well and I'm, I'm reading the website, and it says it, it starts um, on Highway 1. Uh-huh. Um, it talks about, you know, you go down the coast with the ocean. Uh-huh. Um, and then, what does it say? Then you go through uh, what's Salinas Valley with the vineyards and the artichoke and the strawberry fields. Mm-hmm. And then you go... Uh, through countryside, uh, doesn't say exactly, uh, from King City to Paso Robles. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then from Paso Robles to Santa Maria, it says you have, uh, I guess, I'm not sure what road it, uh, what road it is, but um, it says farmland and seaside towns, so maybe that's one again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then day five, Santa Barbara's wine country roads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sounds beautiful. Uh, that's what I've been gathering from people that have done the ride before. Um, and, you know, um, at last week's ceremony, I met several people that are, you know, uh, a 10 for 10 
uh, as in they've done it nine times before and they're doing it again this year. Um, you know, um, there's, uh, there's a lot of people that kind of follow the progress of the ride. They're also, you know, if anybody's interested, they're, you know, always looking for volunteers, uh, for the event that don't include, uh, you know, riding your bike, but basically helping the support team. Uh, I think they might have, you know, um, I, I think they've got an, plenty of support, but they could always use more. Uh, and, um, yeah. you know, it's just like I say, it was, uh, it's a, it's a great charity. It's a it's a great tradition, and uh, you know I'm really happy that Orange Twenty Bikes is uh, officially involved in it this year. We've yeah. sponsored uh, like what was it, Team Midnight Riders? Uh, was it last year? The year before? And we've always done uh, unofficial discounts just to kind of support uh, you know the people that were doing this charity ride uh, at the store. But uh, now it's actually uh, official with a uh, you know. 10% discount on, you know, all parts and accessories to any card-carrying participant of the ride, and 20% off with, uh, you know, purchase of a bike, and, um, you know, I, I know that uh, there's lots of people that have signed up to do the ride that, uh, you know, also we're going to have, you know, bikes that uh, may not at the moment be roadworthy for a 600 mile haul but uh where there's a will there's a way and you know put some new tires on that thing and uh put some tri-flow in the gears <laughs> uh or you know perhaps uh look into a, a road bike that has some you know higher efficiency for that uh duration of a trip but so. you don't want to I'm, I'm guessing you don't want to get something brand new though because it's cause, you know you haven't worked the bugs out or is that not sure Oh, there's plenty of time for the, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, that type of thing. Um, I'm going to be doing some, uh, seminars at, uh, Orange 20 for, uh, uh, you know, kind of basically discussing the accolades of various accessories and, you know, the basic differences in a bike, which, you know, seem rudimentary and fundamental, I guess, uh, <clears throat> most people that are already familiar with bikes but there's a lot of people that have signed up for the 600 mile ride that you know probably need to uh you know uh, understand the logic of why you know a 700c road tire at full pressure is going to be a lot less work than a you know uh mountain bike with uh dirt knobbies and low pressure on a 600 mile trip so um right. Like I said, there's going to be uh, some seminars, both for uh, you know uh, basic bicycle uh, education um, and uh, accessories uh, like you know uh, helmets and well, all the all the basics are going to be covered. And this is, like I said, the ride is happening in June, um, so there's going to be several of those uh, you know uh, classes for people to, uh, you know, to attend both at my shop and I'm, I'm sure that some of the other shops are also, uh, doing some of the same things. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, uh, also going to be, uh, training rides leaving from, uh, <clears throat> Orange 20 and there's training rides all over town, wherever anybody's located. Uh, if they're doing the ride and they, you know, kind of need to get their, uh, feet wet a little bit and, get an idea of what the, you know, enforced rules of the road are on this ride. Um, there are training rides, uh, which will basically be happening, uh, I think, like, something to the tune of, like, uh, two to three times a month. Um, 
and including training rides leaving from my location at 4351 Melrose, uh, which are going to be led by, you know, uh, various different uh, volunteers and group leaders uh, that have completed the, the ride before. So, yeah, there's, uh, there's plenty of time to, uh, you know, uh, start with the new bike, get some miles on it, get it through the break-in period, um, get familiar with the, uh, um, with the ride, and, uh, you know, everybody should be uh, well set and uh, confident by the time that the the ride leaves you know um you know other people have uh you know people have done the uh ride on uh six gears before um some people are gonna you know from what i've seen in some of the uh uh video uh from some of the previous rides you know there's some people that uh aren't trying to make it too terribly easy on themselves they've got some you know crazy looking mountain bike with a uh you know five foot tall stuffed animal riding in a basket in the front of it really? um you got people like but, that uh, doing that's that, right? their prerogative <laughs> it seems like it might be a little bit like burning man on the on the road uh yeah yeah um probably not quite i'm sure that there's uh, a good bit of crossover there but uh yeah like i said i'm just uh, i'm looking forward to doing the ride personally and uh you know it's uh very happy to be in a position where I could, uh, you know, sponsor the event, donate a bike, um, and, uh, you know, be, uh, actively campaigning to, uh, raise, uh, you know, raise donation money, um, both for myself and anybody else under the Orange 20 team. And, um, I'm really just looking forward to, uh, you know, to riding from San Francisco to Los Angeles and having somebody else carry my heavy backpack. So, uh, to me, uh, yeah. it sounds, uh, you know, that sounds, uh, pretty ideal. Uh, although I, I think I am going to take my road bike, not a fixed gear bike or a BMX bike. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that my, my road bike, I feel so I can basically pedal all day. Uh, uphill and you know still not be too tired to ride the next day so you know, it's not going to be uh, terribly challenging I, I told them you know in the, the week before the ride I'll start training <laughs> well I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who 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 kind of underestimated the challenge of uh, uh, yeah, yeah there they're, you know I'm sure that uh, for every year there's a few people that uh, can't quite uh you know, uh, finish the ride, but, uh, when you look at the numbers of how many people sign up and how many people start, there's no, like, you know, real percentage of people that are, uh, dropped, and of course nobody's left behind, you know, they have full support vehicles and they're looking after people's health, uh, uh, you know, uh, continually, so, um, well, this, Yeah, I mean, it sounds like such a great experience, I'm, you got me thinking about it, Oh, yeah, okay, well, okay. come by the shop, get one of the sign-ups, get on my team, and right. uh, tell anybody you know. And, uh, you know, once, we, uh, once we're once we collectively trying to raise funds for the team, then we'll also, you know, be increasing the potential for, you know, uh, more people to, uh, you know, to, to have exposure to, you know, uh, to the ride and to the cause. And, um, you know, I'd love to have you on... Uh, 
the juice team. Yeah, well, um, I got to check if I'm on vacation, but if yeah. so, I, I think I'd like to try it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. uh, yeah. And uh, I guess that's about it. Uh, you know, shop's still going. Um, there practically every day. So cool. be there in a couple hours. Anybody that wants to uh, stop by, uh, give you some more uh, resources. We've got some pamphlets for the ride. And, of course, like I said, the sign-up sheet. And uh can answer, you know, any specific questions. So... All right. Well, this is TJ from Orange 20, Heliotrope in Melrose, Los Angeles, Orange 20 Bikes. Thanks for telling us uh, about the, the AIDS, AIDS ride, AIDS life ride. Yeah, you got it, man. All right. Have a good day. We'll see you later. You too, Nick. See ya. Okay, see ya. okay this is Bike Talk. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day. Call us at 213-252-0998 and... I'm going to play a little bike music. 213-252-0998. If you got something to say, you want to talk, call in. And here's some, some bike music. So you were, did you, are you still, uh, I, I know you're in a meeting right now. Are you still in that meeting? 
Well, uh, yeah, it's uh, the Alliance of Neighborhood Councils. Uh, it's a citywide Alliance of Neighborhood Councils, and we've got the uh, planning director from the city of Los Angeles here, and then the uh, deputy for the uh, California or the community redevelopment agencies here. So we're doing some big citywide uh, fun stuff, planning and development, and uh, neighborhood council reps from around the city. Okay, so uh, what is that part of? Is that that part of running for city council, or is that just your ordinary act, uh, advocate? Oh, this is uh, <laughs> this is the routine that part of the routine that uh, prompted me to run. In other words, we're on a Saturday, on a regular basis. Uh, folks from around the city get together on Saturdays on different uh, topics. In this particular case, it has to do with planning and land use. Um, but, you know, the, the topics in many ways are unique to every neighborhood. In many ways, there's a lot in common. So this is kind of a citywide uh, effort of local folks to get together and see if we can move the city forward. And uh, it's an uphill battle, that's for certain. But that's one of the things that prompted me to run for city council. So you're you're on this council as just a citizen, or do you have, a like, a position? In the, I mean, well, that... uh, representatives from around the city come, each one from different neighborhoods. So... Um, uh, there was the um, Los Angeles uh, Neighborhood Council Coalition, and this one is the Alliance. This one is topical. The other one is regional. In other words, uh, this one is very specific to uh, planning and land use, whereas uh, last week it's very specific to regional issues. So uh, these, this is for the neighborhood councils. And there's 92 neighborhood councils in the city of L.A., so there's uh, you know, about a dozen neighborhood councils and have a bit of uh, council district four. So it's good to be among friends, that's for certain. Just like last week when uh, we were over at Vlad the Retailer for Bike Talk, yeah. uh, the fundraiser. So it's, it was good to be among friends. Yeah, I think I think uh, people had a good time. Uh, it was, I think it was an awesome evening. And again, folks from around the city came together. Uh, yeah for a common purpose and so I think it's great to support Bike Talk and I think it's great to honor Bike Talk for all the support you've given the cycling community Well, uh, and we, and, and, thank you and, and yeah. you got we honored you that night too <laughs> yeah but it was so it was so I tell you I was just stunned when we walked in you know there was the video playing on the wall and uh, I gave it a glance and it looked familiar and I gave it a second glance and I thought well that's Eric and Kelly and I gave it another glance, and I thought, well, there, and there's Johnny, and, and I recognized that ride. And uh, I, DJ Chicken Leather had gone back years and pulled archive footage yeah. of the great rides from uh, Bike Winter. That was such an... So it was, I was just stunned because it was like a... Well, it was a flash from the past. And uh, yeah. he had the blood ride. He had the theater ride. Uh, he had the tour de crap. Um, you know, all of these great rides. And I talk about these rides. Uh, Walt Potter was there. Um, you know, some of my friends from the Twitterverse. Yeah. Oh, wait, you said somebody was there. It sounded like a Scottish person. Walt Potter. Oh. Uh, that's just Walter's Twitter handle. Okay. So it was great that, uh, you know, it kind of brought the past and the present to get with the future, you know, and our aspirations for changing the world. It kind of, you know, there, there was the, the bike rides from years ago. It also brought the uh, social media world together because, some of these folks, you know, were actively um, uh, connected, you know, with uh, Twitter feeds of what's going on, but to have them all in the same room, 
uh, was just really exciting. And I just know that, uh, yeah. you know, from Dude on a Bike to Walter to the Dude Abides, you know, all of our Twitter friends, it's just great to have folks that uh, all of a sudden face-to-face. Yeah. I, I'd say breaking bread, breaking grilled cheese sandwiches. Right. Uh yeah. And uh, it was a great evening. And Laz is a really good location. I hope we can use that again sometime. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to admit, it's, it's just a groovy neighborhood. It's a groovy uh, neighborhood, yes. Yeah, well, in fact, we're over here now uh, in uh, what's popularly referred to as the center of the universe. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're over at uh, L.A. City College right now. Okay. So uh, we're on the, around the corner from Vlad's. But, yeah, it's a great space, uh, great shop. Um, Heliotrope and, and Melrose. What's that? The Bicycle District, Heliotrope and Melrose. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, yeah, Bicycle District, Heliotrope. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks like, uh, looks like they're tearing down the golf, uh, that golf course, and I, I think they're putting in a velodrome. Is that right? Uh, uh, yeah, that'd be great. I, I don't know. <laughs> that is a weird golf course. Yeah, it was. Um, I thought it was a butterfly preserve, but no, it was a golf course. But okay. it's coming down, and so I think it's time for us to put a velodrome over there. Well, can we do that? Can you? Do you have time to, to activate? That? I think, well, I, we could jump this fence right now. I mean, I'll race you right now. <laughs> That's my challenge. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm on the ruins of the golf course. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, um, so what are we uh, looking forward to now? Well, you know, the campaign's in a way. We've got us in seven weeks until Election Day. Um, we're walking precincts. We're phone banking. We're calling voters. Um, yeah. We're putting together... Uh, you know, spoke cards and patch kits, and we're registering voters. So, if there's anybody out there that's interested in changing the world, the uh, Stephen Box for City Council campaign has plenty of opportunities for people to come work during the day, uh, in the evening. And some of the things we um, need are quite simple database. We need two greensters to uh, hop on their bikes and then stand by because when we're raising funds, oftentimes we need to go pick up checks. And, you know, uh, this is a professional campaign. It takes money to run a professional campaign. And we're talking about taking a seat on the city council of the largest city in the most popular state and the most powerful country in the world. So, um, you know, it's really important that we uh, do it all uh, professionally and and, uh, that we're in it to win it. And so we're raising money. uh, We're picking up checks. And we have plenty of opportunities for people uh, whether they want to work in the office on the street, uh, whether they want to talk to voters, or whether they want to uh, organize and literally produce a successful campaign. Uh, it's exciting work, and uh, well, so we'd love help. So there's plenty of ways to participate. You don't have to wait for Election Day just to go vote. You can come now, and you can start engaging voters on the issues. And uh, yeah. So could this be the start of, like, a political... Um a political base that that we see in in places like New York City or or Portland, where you start to have all this infrastructure and stuff because of bikes, or is it is it mainly are you the guy? Oh no, this is not. I'm the guy. This is uh, this is this is what's called a movement. Yeah. Okay, and it's happening on so many levels. And so what happened at Bike Talk, uh, the fundraiser? What happened yeah. that night is the movement. What happens when one person gets on a bicycle and rides across town is part of the movement. When they tweet about that experience, that's the movement. And I'm telling you, we've been banging away at City Hall for years. We've been going to the Planning Commission. We've been going to the Planning and Transportation Committees. We've been engaging, you know, the Metro and uh, 
California State Department of Transportation and the LAPD and neighborhood councils and the city council and we've been up on Wilbur Street and we've been down in the harbor and uh, you know trying to cross the Gerald Desmond Bridge and I'm telling you the bits and pieces from yes. five years ago whatever it was when we when we did bike winter and we just did fun rides to encourage people to ride to the to the the, 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 the daily events that encourage people and support people when they get on their bikes and simply claim their piece of the street I mean this is all part of the movement right. um, and it's just it's just absolutely uh, exciting that it includes a political element, an economic element, a social element. It's got communications. You know, it's bringing people together, and I think it's transforming our city. So this is absolutely part of uh, the larger gestalt, you know, of what's going on. And so it's really exciting. I think it's very important that we keep it all going. And bottom line, the bottom line is people got to enjoy living their lives, riding their bikes, crossing the street, getting to wherever they need to go, and uh, spending their lives with, surrounded by people that they love and and support and cherish. And I think that these are all the great things. This isn't a fight. This is just absolutely us just moving forward and uh, taking our space and, and enjoying it. And and so it's, it's, it's big. It's huge. And uh, I'm really honored to be a part of it. Well, thank you. That was a great uh, sum up. And um, so with your the election date and your website again and what people can do? So the website is stephenbox.com. That's Stephen with a P-H, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, box, B-O-X, dot uh, com. Stephenbox.com is the website. And the election is March 8th. And so there's plenty of opportunities for people to jump in and change the world. And they can uh, just go to the website and sign up, and we'll follow up on them. Um, okay. Uh, and, and I think pretty much they'll find everything they need there. And uh, look forward to... Look forward to working with everybody. So if you want a bike and transportation and, uh, advocate, among other things, uh, Stephen Box for City Council, Los Angeles, March 8th. And, uh, <laughs> That's awesome, man. I appreciate, uh, appreciate the opportunity to work with you and yeah, to make this place a great place uh, to live, to ride, to work, to listen to Bike Talk Radio. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Steve, and we'll uh, talk to you maybe next week. All right, man. Thanks very much. And thanks again for a great night uh, at the Bike Talk fundraiser. It was really exciting. Uh, it was an honor to be a part of it. I'm telling you, it was absolutely stunning. A large number of people from all over the city. And every time someone walked through the door, it was another one of those family reunion moments. And that was just absolutely <laughs> something that's so exciting. It's kind of like when you ride your bike on a busy street, like sunset, when there's a lot of people um, commuting. It's one of those. And at every intersection, you look across the street and there's someone going the other way. It's one of those great moments where, hey, hey, you spend the whole evening going, hey, look. It's, and it was one of those just absolutely wonderful evenings where friends from all over just get popping in. So I want to thank you for doing such a great job and keeping well, us connected. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do it again next year, 2020. Oh, my. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait a year. Uh, six months. Three months. Uh, all right. It's the, it's the new, it's the metric birthday. It's every three months. All right. <laughs> We can do that. All right. All right, Steve. All right, man. Thanks very much. All right. You too. Thanks. All right. All right. Bye. Right. See ya. So we talked to Stephen Box. We uh, we talked to TJ Morris Twenty, who is also a supporter of Benefit. And hopefully soon. We will talk to Carolyn Sampano from New York City's Transportation Alternatives. She's going to talk to us about uh, 
something that's going on in, in New York City with bikes. So stay tuned. Okay, we got a request. It's for uh, it's for the bike song by Mark Ronson and the Business International. So we'll play that in just a second here. Let's play it. Let's play it now. Actually. Bye-bye. 
Bonjour, mon vieux. Like it. 
Okay, that was great, and it was a really funny video. Um, Mark Ronson and the Business International, the bike song. I'd like to add that to our, our playlist that we do every week. Um, it, it seems to be uh, from England or maybe even, I don't know, some other European country where they don't really speak English. I mean, not that they don't. I mean, of course they speak English in, in England. Um, okay, so that was suggested to us by um, Mike Gonzalez Cienfuegos, and uh, thank you for that, Mike. And I guess we'll go back to we'll go back to the uh, the regular bike list song that we play. So stay tuned. Call in two one three two five two zero nine nine eight about anything. Chicken Leather's calling in in a minute about the last coaster coaster break ride. And a little bit later, we have somebody from Transportation Alternatives calling in about uh, the New York bike politics that are happening right now. You rode away on your bicycle, standing up on the paddles, because it's a Through the alley, the moon just framing your hair. So the cut not long but not short, definitely hip. And the wind said summer, and all the poets scramble. Find an object to describe when you rounded the bend And a moth just missed you Still unable to choose Between the street light and the moon glow upon the trees And you coasted down the ball of the land that hams the ocean Maybe thinking maybe and maybe thinking no Hello, I talk. Hey, Caroline. Hey, so this is Caroline Sampanoff from uh, Transportation Alternatives in New York City, right? Yes. And um, so you were going to tell us uh, about what's going on in in, uh, in some political circles over there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I am. That would be that would be good because I heard that uh, it, it seems like there's some kind of backlash happening against bicyclists in New York City. Um, I actually think that's probably not true. I think the media likes to talk about something called a backlash, but seems to be created by and driven by the media, because from what I can tell, there's a bicycling boom in New York City. <laughs> yeah, there's a boom. Yeah, I mean, biking is booming. There's, there's been like a 109% increase in daily riding since 2006. We've had hundreds of miles of bike lanes put in by the city, and New Yorkers are responding really well by getting out and riding. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, on all accounts... <clears throat> All of the work the city's doing to promote biking as a sensible way to get around town is is paying huge dividends. 
So, you, but there is something that the media is creating. Some kind of, for some reason, the media is trying to play up the the down the negative negativity. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not surprising. Um, the media tends to like to tell a story about conflict. Um, that's a story that I don't know seems to be something that cycles through in any topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the so. the. But the reason that I got in touch with uh, Tribe Station Alternatives was because of the bike uh, license requirements that somebody's pushing for. Yeah, so a council member, Ulrich, here in New York City, is actually proposing not not licensing but bike registration. Okay. Um, Can you tell me no, about that? Yeah, Please. sure, sure. There's no bill yet, but he uh, has been talking to reporters about the idea of having um, bicyclists need to register and get a sticker put on their bikes. Right. Um, we so it's not a license, but it's a sticker. Exactly. And how would that help anything? Yeah, I mean, it, it, transportation alternatives were very strongly opposed to the idea. Um, most importantly, because it's just an unnecessary deterrent to people getting on their bike and riding. Um, it's also, it seems to be stemming from the council's desire to address bike behavior. Um, and we feel strongly that the best way to enforce against, you know, bad bike behavior is just to have actual NYPD enforcement of the laws that already exist. Right. Creating, creating a new, you know, bureaucratic measure, taking resources from the city and putting them into this new red tape to getting on a bike and riding isn't going to do anything to address bike behavior. Um, but what did they? What was the rationale behind the? the what is it? Is it's a bill? Yeah, the council member is talking about putting forward a bill. At this point, I think it's just talk. There's no bill that exists. All right. And um, you know, we've been. Um, well, that seems kind of anti-bike. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a sort of an unnecessary attack on bike riding. And again, if the council member is concerned about bike behavior, then the most sensible thing to do is just to work with the precinct in his district to get the officers to enforce the laws that are already on the books. Right. Well, okay. So then, well, we should just ignore this. This is like a. This is not going to happen. This is a, just a. Crime. Yeah, actually, we we had a we had a meeting with the council member last week where he admitted that the proposal was going to go nowhere, that it would never get a hearing. Uh, and so we asked him why he would be wasting his resources and the city's resources pursuing it. He didn't have a very good answer. Wow. Because he represents senior citizens was his uh, earlier reasoning, right? Yeah, I mean, ironically there, you know, it's important to note that seniors in New York City represent about 13% of the population but they account for 39% of the crashes. So disproportionately, seniors are getting hit, but they're not getting hit disproportionately by bikes. They're getting hit by cars. Right. So if the council member is serious about working to protect seniors in his district, then there's a lot that he can do, one of which is getting the NYPD to enforce the laws against reckless driving, which is the, the leading cause of seniors getting hit. Right. So that's like failing to yield, uh, speeding, distracted driving, um, those are all laws that can be enforced starting right now. Well, this is a teachable moment. Exactly. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe he was just reaching out. This is his way of reaching out. 
Um, you know, that's, that's a fair point to make, but I think, um, you know, putting forward an anti-bike proposal like bike registration, which has zero um, potential to actually do anything other than just created a turn to biking doesn't seem like the best use of his time or resources. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that he's a well-adjusted individual. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that maybe this is his way of, right. of finding out about things. But, um, so is there anything else going on that that we should take more seriously that, that you want to talk about in, the, in New York City? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the coolest thing about what's happening in New York City is that I think for the last four years or so, um, our Commissioner of Transportation, Jeanette Sadekhan, has really been leading a national discussion about how cities can better invest in bicycling. And, um, you know, she's she's been piloting and um, piloting some great bike lane designs that we're seeing pop up all over our city. And then, you know, now slowly are coming to cities like uh, San Francisco, um, Chicago, and the great thing about that is that what we're seeing in New York and what I'm sure other cities will see as well is that bike lanes really aren't just for cyclists. Um, bike lanes, in effect, are traffic calming measures. They, they can narrow a street. They can create you know, a shorter distance for pedestrians that are trying to cross the street. They can add some really nice plantings on those pedestrian refuge islands. And what we're seeing is that there's been 40% reduction in crashes for all street users on streets where bike lanes have been put on the ground. 40% so, reduction in, in crashes at, in the area? Or? Yeah, so like on a street, let's say like 9th Avenue, which mm -hmm. is a big avenue in Manhattan, yeah. um, that bike lane has led to an increase in bike riding, which is great, which is a goal. But it's also led to a 40% reduction in crashes for all other street users. So that includes cyclists, but it also includes drivers, people walking. Um, you know, so as we're looking as a city for how to make our streets safer for everyone, bike lanes are one way that we can do that. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I wish we had more in LA. <laughs> but you all just got your bike, ma your master plan approved, right? I believe so, but, um, you know, I think there's a difference between having a plan and then, and then, you know, and I and I'm, I haven't really, to be honest, I haven't really gone through it. And I, but I, I know that a lot of people are enthusiastic about it. But I, I mean, you know, you have to wait and see, right? Whether it gets implemented. Yeah, you know, a master plan like like the one you just got approved is a great tool for organizing. And I think what you know what we had in 1997, we had our bike master plan approved, and all of the improvements that have been happening. Um, since then, and especially in the last four years, are taken directly from that master plan. So, uh -huh. you know, you're you're a step closer to getting those changes on the streets because you now have this planning document that you can use to work with community groups, elected officials, city agencies to see these things forward. Okay, so we need to we need to have somebody on the show to tell us everything that's in the bike master plan. Um, so, so I don't have to read it myself because I imagine it's not very. Uh, I imagine it's pretty dry reading. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it depends on what you think is dry. But I know that the L.A. Uh, County Bike Coalition was really involved in that conversation. And one really cool thing about the, the plan from what I can gather from over here is that um, it calls upon the city to prioritize neighborhoods that have low transit options or bad transit options already, hmm. which is pretty cool. Because, I mean, you know, in a city where your trips are pretty short and... There's more density than, you know, let's say, like rural towns. Um, 
if you don't have existing like subway or bus options, a bike can be a really great way to get around. But having the bike lanes, you know, encourages people of all ages and abilities to get out there and give it a try, and and, and that's a great thing. Well, this is ironic. I'm finding about about the LA bike master plan from the New York City Transportation Alternatives Week. <laughs> Uh, usually we have LACBC calling in uh, kind of weekly, but we, they didn't call in today. So um, it's good that you're talking to us about it. Yeah, cool. Um, well, anything else? And if not, you know, I, I really would love to keep in touch with the New York City uh, Transportation Alternatives because I think you guys are probably the doing the, one of the best jobs of any bike advocacy organization in, in America. Well, that's... Thanks Not for the just, compliment. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I you know, in, in March, um, there'll be the National Bike Summit in D.C., where all the advocates from all over the country descend and, and work together and then go to the Hill to lobby for uh, biking with their elected officials. And um, folks from L.A. will surely be there, as will folks from San Francisco and Chicago and other big cities across the U.S. And my sense about the whole conversation at this point is that we're at this really unique moment in our country where, um, you know, we're realizing, especially in cities, that we can't keep growing and um, investing in only driving. You know, we have to make other decisions that are sustainable and then get more people moving for less money. And the bike is, is becoming more than ever one real solution. And I think that's an, an exciting thing. It's an exciting time. Yeah. And, um, well, so the, the, when is the date of that summit in Washington, D.C. again? Um, I think it's like the first, I, I want to say the first weekend, uh, end of the week, weekend in March, but I'd have to double check. But it, it, it's thrown by the, or it's organized by the League of American Bicyclists. Right. Okay, so it should be on their website. Absolutely, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Carolyn, so much for calling in, and uh, I hope we can talk again if there's anything else going on you want to just put, the, put yeah. us on alert about. Yeah, the last thing I would, before you before we uh, get off the phone, the last, a really exciting thing that's happening here is that the city just announced um, that they're um, moving towards a public bike share program, so they put out the request for proposals. Uh, um, New, York, New York City? Yeah, New York City, uh -huh. yeah. So, so I think um, sometime in February we're going to be finding out who the, the operator is that will be um, running that bike share program, and... You know, with any luck, we'll have 10,000 public bikes on the streets in the next, you know, year and a half or so, which is another amazing thing for biking in New York. That is so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, they, there's really all cool. these uh, demonstrated benefits of having those programs, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's sort of like biking for everyone else. You know, there's a lot of reasons why people in cities don't buy bikes. Sometimes it's, like, hard to store your bike. Other times, you know, you're just not sure you're really even interested. Other times, um, you know, where you where you work, let's say, there's no bike parking. Yeah. And bike bike share, because it's, it's not a bike you own, it's just a bike that you borrow and share with the city, um, it's, it really encourages people to, to ride. And, you know, in Paris, for example, where they have, a, you know, a 20,000-plus bike share program, they saw an increase in bike mode share, which is the percentage of trips on bike, they saw an increase from about less than 1%, which is what we have in New York City now, to almost 7% in one year. Wow. So that's, you know, pretty significant. Um, you're talking hundreds of thousands of new trips a day by bicycle because of these public bikes, which is 
It's awesome. Well, New York City is just is really going places. Yeah. Um, by bike. <laughs> yeah, um, we're rolling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, right on. And cool. um, do you guys have like group mass rides, like group rides and things like that a lot? Do you, do you, do you all at the TA participate in those like social rides? Yeah, we. I mean, we're one of like sort of 15 groups or so in New York City bike groups that puts on rides. We have a big ride in September called the New York City Century, and it is a, um, the only urban century that I know of. And it basically we don't we don't close down the streets or anything like that, but we the ride takes you all through the five boroughs, and it's a really cool way to get to see the city by bike and to encourage people that you know aren't sure if they want to do it every day to give it a try on that one day and then hopefully they'll do it again um and we also yeah we also have um a couple tours the tour to brooklyn the tour to queens the tour to bronx and um those are real those are free family friendly rides that are um that happen in the summer that are really great as well um okay so this summer Mm-hmm, absolutely. Are those centuries too? No, those are they—they're usually like around twenty miles, and they—you know—they're slow-paced, and they're—they're okay. they're good for really all ages, which is which is fun. Okay, so I, I guess I just wanted to find out if the social scene in biking was was the way it is here in LA, where you just have all this amazing amount of uh, people involved in social riding. I'm sure it is. It is, and, you know, and there's groups like, for example, the Five Borough Bike Club. They do a lot of, they do, you know, weekly bike rides that are themed, whether they're, like, riding to a chocolate factory or riding to Nyack over the George Washington Bridge. And then there's Time's Up, which is another great bike group that does other social free rides. They have a calendar every month full of them. So, yeah, we have a really vibrant community of people that are encouraging New Yorkers to ride through fun, free events. And of course, you just have people going to work, and you got a huge amount of people doing that. Yes. Thank right. You. Cool. All right. Well, I'm calling again sometime. Cool. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Caroline. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. So. I feel like a clown when my car breaks down. Paycheck is already gone. I will climb on my bicycle. Okay, so we got characters. I think this is probably chicken runner. Bike talk. Hey, it's uh, chicken runner here on the DL. Hey, I was just about to. Eric Ochoa just walked in. He's got his bike fixed. I guess he bought it at. Um, I mean, not, he fixed it at uh, yeah, Bike. Yeah, he had a couple of flat tires over there. Hey, man, how's the stream been today? The stream? Yeah. Um, I think it's been okay. Oh, okay, because there was some definite buffering last night during a couple of shows. They turned it off and turned it back on. No, we had a good stream today. Oh, that's good. That's good. But, um, yeah, we just talked to Carolyn Sampanaro from uh, Transportation Alternatives in New York City. Oh, fantastic. She's the director of bicycle advocacy there, and we talked about the climate in New York, the bike share program coming up. Yeah, the- I, I really was thinking that uh, things like New York are really in- instrumental in this, but we on the West Coast always think of looking to Long Beach, but lately they're 
the police haven't been educated enough and they've been giving massive tickets just for doing things that we sort of take for granted, like riding around and stuff. And in fact, what they're doing is they're, I think they've taken a step back from what LAPD did. LAPD just sort of walked away from this whole uh, bike licensing, but uh, they're, they're actually uh, walking, I guess they've reinforced it, and so now you have to have a bike license with your bike, which is kind of sad. Well, that's what we were talking about in New York City. Some guy proposed bike registration, and then yeah. he wasn't. It looks like he's not going to get any support, and it's not going to. I, I think the idea is that with a bike license, they're looking at the same infrastructure uh, that cars have, and in fact, that's inherent why bikes are so great. There tends to be a freedom, and we're not even on the same path sometimes as cars. And when we do intersect with cars, um, it, it only benefits uh, uh, cars and not bikes. And, or vehicular traffic. You have to improve roads not only for bicycles, but uh, as a benefit, the cars get to uh, benefit from it, from a, a reduction in, in grid lock and and, and just uh, over, overwhelmingly that. And, and uh, especially somewhere like New York, where you have Broadway that kind of bisects and leaves all these null places. Now they become uh, points of uh, public. Uh, public space, which is just what a lot of people are starving for there in New York City. I mean, I'd love to see the same thing here, but comparable to that, I, I think our, our, our forefathers here, or our, our city uh, uh, people here in Los Angeles are looking at dumping more money into places like Grand Avenue and stuff, which is really sad, because I, I feel that the city isn't just downtown, and if you were to ask somebody about the valley or or the east side or something like that, you'd see in a moment that there is no centralizing thing. And instead of just sort of, uh, you know, retrofitting something that's on a smaller scale that everybody could use, I, um, I'm a bit tempted to say that they're putting a lot of money into projects that they think will succeed, but they really haven't. And, and um, I, I, case in point is, off of 26 in Figueroa, one of the new little spaces that they were used to be just a, a null area. They put in a lot of of uh, piping and made it almost like city rock there with uh, fountains and stuff that go back to Versailles. But uh, I, I really wonder if all, the only people that are going to be using it is uh, the uh, the migrant worker for showers and stuff during the summer. Uh, maybe it will pick up during the summer, and I'm just talking through my hat. But I'm I, sorry. I, what, what are you talking about with the piping and the showers? Well, there, there's uh, a public works thing that they spent millions. Of, uh, I don't know if it was millions, but at least thousands of dollars down off 22nd and Figueroa, or is it San Fernando Road and Figueroa right there? Sure. Uh, the uh, I think it was the 5 freeway and then the 110 sort of ruined the fact that Figueroa used to be the longest thoroughfare that was a community uh, going through places like Chavez Ravine and Pomelona and all these other places that we only hear in, in reference because of uh, Dodger Stadium sort of taking over as a, as a, a venue for, for baseball and stuff, but now uh, with the uh, economy and stuff, they're, they're even looking for more things up there at, at Chavez Ravine. But anyway, as a way to appease, I guess, the neighborhood, they took what was a, a blighted section of uh, uh, 
Fernando Flash back end of the Home Depot and sort of dumped all this public funds into it. Uh, they were there for months and, and cutting new marble and all sorts of stuff. And in fact, as I stated, they, they have a fountain there, but it's not necessarily a fountain like the Mulholland Fountain in Griffith Park. Or, okay, okay, so... Yes. I'm trying to think of, the, of, of where we're going here. Oh, well, what I'm, what I'm saying is there's so many opportunities to make little pocket parks, uh, uh, places that uh, the bike community tends to use on Friday nights when everybody else has gone to bed. Right. Uh, there, there's a definite uh, congregation around parks and stuff, which, which is, I, I feel, like a use of or a starving for our public space, and we're, we're using these parks, and yet, again and again, we get met by um, public officials or law enforcement that say, oh, why are you guys using this park at night? And it's like, well, because it's there, you know, the, uh, the JFK kind of mountain kind of dilemma. Yeah, it's there, so we're going to use it regardless of this. Huh. Um, so you can't come in today because you're under the weather, I'm sorry. I'm, but... I'm you know, I'm, to be honest, it, it happens to a lot of people. I, I think I just ate the wrong thing, and I'm trying to convalesce enough so I can do the coaster break tomorrow. That's what we wanted to talk about. Is yeah, the coaster, the break. coaster break has been going on for the last uh, four, four, three weeks, and tomorrow is the fourth one. So it's been going on for four weeks now. Uh, I usually, somewhere between the second and third week, write a newsletter that gets published on, on the front of uh, the Flying Pigeon blog. But this week I've just been laid up with this stomach flu or whatever it is. Um, and I just wanted to say that uh, he's been going with some really nice places. Last week he had one called Shootout in the West. We rode around the valley. And just to to bring up your audience to speed the coaster break is where we do some mountain bike uh, races or climbing um, all on a, a mountain bike but it's been fitted with uh, a coaster bike similar to how you used to have on maybe your first bike uh, you pedal forward and go and then you pedal back there's a there's a brake an internal hub brake in the, in the back section of it and um, what we've been doing now for this is the fifth time, the fifth series. He's been doing these uh, once in the spring or, or winter and, and once in, during the summer. Um, so, you know, he's been doing this at least for the last three or four years, uh, three years, uh, is that um, he's um, really captured the imagination of a number of people, including myself. I used to get around all the time on my... Uh, coaster break it was it was it looked like a fix here but it was actually uh, so this uh, this is not the same as the coaster bike race yeah it is it's a race it's a race yeah it's not like hey you show up and you get points uh you show up and you gotta you have to win and stuff and this week in particularly you have to place within the top 10 to even get into the second final it's like a tiered race this week huh. there's the fruity loop which he calls which was uh a loop through some of the back section of uh, Topanga Canyon, I would dare say, or one of the reserves. Uh, an uphill climb, uh, kind of flats there for a little bit, and then um, uh, around through some uh, mud soaked. Uh, I'm thinking the sun has probably dried out a lot of it. Uh, we, we faced it in all kinds of weather, but uh, th this time it's going to uh, 
uh, really challenge us because we're going to do three laps on this road and then afterwards in the parking lot there there's going to be uh, some sidecars that he's brought and um, the uh, I think it's the top five will race these sidecars which are uh, uh, kind of a cross between a, um, a BMX bike and a uh, just a regular bike with a coaster brake but it's going to have a sidecar on it so some, something up my alley if you know the legend of chicken leather is there, I, well, I don't know that particular, is there going to be, be a person in the sidecar? Oh, person in the sidecar, a person riding the bike. Apparently, the first place winner will be paired with the 10th place winner. And then this is for all the marbles um, for the CBC, the Costa Rica Challenge Award. And does the, what is the award? Uh, well, he usually fabricates them out of bike parts, but uh, I think um, he's running low. Well, so. So, and how do how do people get find out more about the uh, They can check it out at uh, yes. Atomic Cycles. Um, I think it's dot com. Uh, the website for Paul's shop out there in the beautiful what is it Lake Balboa Valley area. But he's been running these. You can check out on the site some of the results and and some of the. I, I, he's been. I know it, there's a link there on uh, the Flying Pigeon site and our own site. Uh, about photographs and hopefully in the future we'll have some videos and stuff. Uh, what, what's really strange is he's been charging $20 um, for the four races, but I, I always thought that once you got past three races or two races, it, you know, it should be like, you know, incremented. Like now you only pay 15, now you pay 10, now you pay 5 kind of thing. I know that there's a t-shirt involved, but sometimes some of us would like to just come out for one race. I know in a couple sections people have just said ah twenty dollars it's cheap you get a t-shirt you know who cares so it's, it's a high quality kind of thing and it, well, it gives you bragging rights one of, one of the highlights was last week yet another woman came out and people are saying oh are you sexist chicken weather no just the opposite i'd love to see more women uh, more kids come out and stuff though, though i think that there was a problem with the the younger kids that came out in the last one they came out the last day and in fact I, I dare say that a couple of accidents might have been, they're, they're, you know, if it was in a court of law, they'd be brought up for a traffic school. So let's just leave it at that. Well, what do you okay. think? Well, well I, I was just going to say we got uh, five more minutes. or, or Five four, minutes. And we this got... would have been the chance where I would have put on some of the highlights. But just to, just to talk about it briefly, no, uh, um, some of the highlights have been that I, I know Dingo, it's been so early to get up there. Dingo uh, um, got up, and I think he overslept one week, or he had a personal commitment. He was uh, sort of slated to come in, like second or or even win the whole thing. He's done it in the past. Uh, he's been coming in a solid second when he's there. Uh, the one week he did miss, though, uh, Charlie from the Flying Pigeon came in and, and offset it. He's part of the Flying Pigeon team, which I'm, I'm on. And he's been doing it a, a great show. The, the thing with flying pigeons is they're not mountain bikes. They're basically copies of old uh, British. Uh, 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 oh, I'm hard pressed to remember anything this morning. Right, well, chicken leather. Uh, uh, Raleigh's, and they look like Raleigh touring bikes. And in fact, with a coaster brake, they're they've been quite the the stylish kind of thing. And in fact. Uh, 
Joseph from uh, Flying Pigeon LA has uh, definitely been uh, engineering quite a few of them with uh, solid cranks as opposed to the cotter cranks out there in the Cypress Park Highland uh, Park area. Um, not only for racing, they, they tend to do the trick on some of the more, let's just say, pothole-ridden streets of Los Angeles. So. All right, so the, the race is tomorrow. The I race is tomorrow morning, to... 8 o'clock. You can check out the uh, exact, uh, um, what is it, location online. Paul's Atomic Cycles. The Atomic Cycles website. And so, but Eric Ochoa's here. He's going to give us a little race report uh, on a different, right, Eric? Oh, um, absolutely. So, and he came in and got, Chicken Leather, aside from being uh, one of the bike talk hosts, is also, and the Kill Radio DJ is, uh, like, one of the main volunteers at Bike Oven, and uh, oh, you know, it's it's funny because you make it sound like I, you know, you have to know somebody at these places, but but you don't. I I know that the, the Bike Oven runs on a on a real issue of like we we take um, people as they come. Um, we we even have a waiting list, but mo most of the time, the small things can be remedied within an hour or two. Um, we we ask that you get there early enough and. Uh, wait to be assigned and, and sign in beforehand so there's there's no kind of uh so what's the address uh it's at 3706 north figueroa and as i say this i'm probably gonna regret this because i know that harvard is gonna be by himself or something unless somebody else shows up today so somebody else show up if you're listening to bike talk and one, one of the things we try to do is stress the fact that it's not uh, a bike shop in the traditional sense to bike collective and you're saying well collective shop what's the difference uh collective is more like well, it's basically your shop so respect it uh, we we want you to pay for some stand time but we're going to offer you assistance as you perform all the functions of uh, a mechanic and you're saying oh i've never done this before well if you're willing to get your hands dirty you you can save yourself a tremendous amount of money i know that the bike kitchen works the same way where you're doing the actual physical labor, uh, buying used parts and then performing the function there with uh, some uh, expertise to guide you through some of the more complex things. And and I, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, it was just a couple of flat tires for uh, uh, and, and a, maybe a brake adjustment for uh, Eric there. And he was willing to, to put in the time and stuff. I, I think he may have done it all in a couple hours, bringing back a bike that was uh, pretty much just... Uh, um, yeah, Eric, did you work on your own bike, Eric? I'm sorry? I'm asking Eric if, if he worked on his own bike. Oh, yeah. yeah. It took pretty much uh, two hours. Um, mo most of the work was just waiting for um, the glue and the patch to get into the, into the tube. But overall, everything else was just pretty good. Okay. All right, good. So having, having said that, you know, everybody thinks that it's, it's mysticism we've performed at these bike collectors, and it's not. It's like um, we, we often have classes on, on Wednesdays where we just teach things like the basics, ABCs, and I know on our website it says we've been teaching them solidly. Well, we, we, we teach it if you come in, um, and it's nothing complex. I had a couple of elderly women come in, not, not elderly, you know, everybody's saying, I think they were all of 30. So, you know, even I playing the, the ageism game. But they, wow, they came in and they just wanted to know about, uh, you know, uh, what, what's going on. And we, we basically went through and, and taught them how bikes 
practical functions, which is kind of in itself a history lesson, uh, as it's been improved upon to today's standards. And then we, we showed him some uh, little, not not to say tricks that everybody knows, but a, a few shortcuts that might help him on the road and stuff. And, and I, I really have to sort of stress the fact that there's a couple things that the listener can do on their zone. Everything from maybe changing a tire. Even those hard 700s can be changed as long as you have the right uh, tools or, or things. I, I myself carry too much stuff when I go on rides, but it's always just to assist somebody else that may have forgotten or, or left too quickly. So anyway, that being said, I'm going to try and uh, run when I hang up the phone to the bathroom, and I'll talk to you guys later. I'm sorry, not feeling well. All right, take another. Peace out. Peace out. Yeah, he's not feeling too good. He said he had a pinioned knee, but and then he said that it involves running to the bathroom. I think there's more to it. I think he's got shouldn't be so bad. Yeah. Um so you got we got some time, maybe a minute for you to give us a rundown on whatever you wanted to give us a rundown on in terms of the world of racing. Yeah, um pretty much it's been in Australia, the tour down under. And like I said, with all the star sprinters being there, it was gonna be a showdown between them. It's not exactly what it was promised to be, as it was anything but, besides the first stage, with Matthew Goss taking the first stage and the first lead of the race. But in the second stage, during the final meters or the final kilometer, you know, at the run into the finish, there was a huge... Actually, there was two crashes, which took down some of the main sprinters. And um, Team Sky's Ben Swift, a young rider, took the win from that. Um, every single stage has had a different winner. Stage three was Robert Banks, um, Michael Matthews, the reigning under-23 world champion. Stage four was the first time a breakaway succeeded. A breakaway at the Tour Down Under is really hard to um, get away due to the fact that, you know, the sprinters teams are always pulling and they always reel the breakaway back in. So this time the breakaway succeeded. The, overall, the winner was um, the young Australian Cameron Meyer from Garmin Cervelo. He's still currently holding on to his race lead by a mere eight seconds. Today will be the last stage. The race lasts all the way through the 23rd, but given the fact that Australia is a day ahead of us, today will be the the final stage. There, They do have live streaming from its radio. That's how I've been following it. Um, it's radio? Yeah, it's live radio. It's kind of like um, echoey at times, I guess, if you would say. What's the name of it? Uh, it has something to do with ABC. I mean, I just Google it. I just search um, 2011 Tour Down Under live radio streaming, and it should be there uh, on Real Player or Windows Media Player. Again, it, the the sound is kind of echoey, but it's pretty understandable, you know. And it's not as great as you know actually watching it, but you know you you got to do with what you got. Once again, Cameron Meyer holds on to the ochre jersey for with a mere eight seconds. There is a 10-second time bonus for the first person across the line, and today's stage does seem to be um, tailor-made for a sprint finish. Again, Matthew Goss is proving he's the best. He's the strongest sprinter right there, so if he gets the win, Matthew Goss will be the winner of the 2011 Tour Down Under. Garmin Cervelo will really have to have a great strategy in order to keep Cameron Meyer in the lead, you know, send a couple riders in the breakaway to get the time bonuses at the intermediate sprints. Uh... Cameron Meyer really isn't much of a sprinter compared to Matt Goss, so it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to hold up in the finish. And if he can get the overall win, that's great. If not, well, 
a stage win at stage number four and holding on to the ochre jersey is just as good and coming in second overall if possibly well eric do you write this stuff before you come in no honestly yeah and it just comes out like that yeah very some of it sounds like very like uh like you would find in a written form oh thanks no but um the only ones i've written were the ones that um when i was doing the tour de france last year it wasn't like written out it was just like certain notes that that i looked through you know to say you know the stage winner um you know there was some crashes last year and all that stuff but uh the this little coverage that i've been doing of the tour down under and the start of the season it's all just you know i come in and say well whatever's on my mind i sometimes get out of the get out of here to the studio and say oh man i forgot to say something but um yeah tour down under final stage today again australia's ahead of us try to catch it just google 2011 tour down under live stream live radio streaming there sh- it should be one of the first few links it has something to do with abc it's not abc the one here i'm pretty sure it's somewhere in australia but um yeah it's gonna be a great stage today for sure all right um well i'm sorry eric i'm a little distracted i have somebody calling on speakerphone um we only have we have negative time we're out, out of time but i wanted to talk to woodson who does uh who does a lot of work with the LACBC. He was at the Bike Valet with, um, at the Benefit last week. Yeah. And uh, he's calling in. He wants to talk about something. Woodson, uh, hold on. You there? Yeah. Hello. Hello. Cycle LA. So what's going on? You said, um, yeah. Well, I have just traveled up to the Bay Area and um, Santa Cruz, Watsonville area, and there's a really cool So, so you got it's a bike collective. Is it? Is, what's the name of the collective again? The Bike Shack. The Bike Shack, and it's in Santa Cruz. It's in Watsonville. Santa Cruz has one called the Bike Church, which has been going on for a lot longer. Yeah. And it's very organized. And if anyone ever goes out to Santa Cruz, I recommend you check it out to see how a really amazing bike collective organizes themselves. Okay. Um, but the bike shack in Watsonville is working yeah, with, the, with the Brown Berets. Oh, uh, yeah, the Brown Berets.
And you do a bike collective that you just opened, right? Yeah, I've been participating in the bike collective in downtown Los Angeles called BP Digna, uh-huh. as well as the bike shack up here in Watsonville. Okay. Cool. Um, BP Digna is something that I recommend that everyone in LA who's interested in the bike movement come check out. They're open almost every day of the week except for Sunday in the morning until early afternoon between 18th and Maine. Are on Main between 18th and Washington at the Downtown Community Job Center. BC Digna, and then that's a collective? Yeah, it's a collective that works out of a day laborer center. So when the guys don't get a job that day, or if they need uh, to bike to their job, we have a facility to repair bikes available for them. Huh, sounds really interesting. BC Digna, and does yeah. it have... Is, does it have a web site? It has a blog. What's the blog? Wait. I don't have the name of the blog memorized. Okay, so Google BC Digna, I guess. Yeah, Google yeah. BC Digna, and there's a blog, and there's also um, the City of Light, which is an organization that's broader than just the BC Digna, and its purpose is to connect to low-income cyclists and increase safety, and that's why they came up with the name City of Lights, because they started out by handing out lights. Right. And people are more than welcome to become involved with us and help out in organizing rides to teach people how to ride safely and organizing mechanic workshops that are in lots of different locations, not just the BC Digna location. How do they get in touch with you if they want to get work with you? It sounds great, Woodson. You're doing an awful lot of stuff, and uh, more. You know, just uh, keep going. Support. We support you at Bike Talk. Interesting. Yeah, well, they got lots of different programs on the Santa Cruz Free Radio. All right. And uh, the Brown Braves recently got their own show. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, good. Check it out. Um, totally. All right. Well, we're at the end of our show. We're over time. Still, I just, um, we got you as the last um, person to be squeezed in here. And, um, have somebody from the from the LACBC uh, call in next week, if you could. Yeah, for sure. We should keep on talking about the city of lights and um, what we're going to do to help low-income cyclists be safer on their bikes. Okay, Woodson. Thanks a lot. Thanks for Thank calling. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. So uh, thanks for coming in, Eric. No problem.
coming in next week? Yeah. Awesome. So today we had TJ from Orange 20. We had Stephen Box, bike advocate and, and candidate for city council. We had Carolyn Sampanaro, director of bike advocacy from the Transportation Alternative in New York City. And we had Chicken Leather uh, calling from home about the Costa Break ride and um, Eric Ochoa and Woodson from the LACBC. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. This is Bike Talk.